You are listening to the Painted Goddess Podcast with Jennifer Harishu, episode number 81. Hello, witches. Welcome. Thank you for being here. My name is Jennifer. I'm the host of this podcast and the founder of Painted Goddess, a magical container for healing through divination with astrology, tarot. I really seek to mix up thoughts of witchcraft and self-help or self-coaching along with tarot and astrology especially, but also nature (laughs) and all sorts of the cosmic things that bring us into reality in order to help us deal with life. (laughs) And, you know, in 2020, this is no short order. I know a lot of us are quote unquote dealing with life in a way that has been called unprecedented and uncommon. And yet as we look through history we notice these echoes and we can see from the past that not only have more extraordinary things happened than a pandemic of this magnitude, magnitude, I'm going to blame it on men, Um, (laughs) that, that there is a way through all of this and it often shifts society forever And if you've been listening to the podcast, or even if you are a student of astrology, or have been, you know, watching astrologers talk about this great conjunction coming, we are at the precipice, we're at the edge, we're walking the edge of this time, that is a big shift. And I think it's interesting to consider, especially from my standpoint of being a pretty practical person that also during the 2000s expected this huge shift and on you know new year's day of 20 to of the of 2000 of the year 2000 thinking you know that it should have been more cathartic i'm curious how this time will pass and how this will come to be it's interesting it's the same kind of thing that we you know, Tony Robbins says this, we underestimate what we can get done in five years, but we overestimate what can get done in one year, right? So we often feel as though things take forever and yet it's more of a larger cycle. And in the lab this month, we're talking about Jupiter because Jupiter rules Sagittarius. Jupiter has a 12-year cycle. And so in the lab this month, we've been looking at our Jupiter maps. So Right now, Jupiter is getting ready to move into the sign of Aquarius. It's been in Capricorn um, alongside uh, Pluto and Saturn for the last year. So Jupiter takes about a year to get through a zodiac sign, goes through each degree. This year, it actually retrograded in Capricorn, so it spent longer there than, um, you know, than it would in some signs, in some signs, it speeds right through and then takes a bit of a retrograde back. Right. But it is a fairly, um, 
regular retrograde as well. So looking at that Jupiter map um, with my students, recognizing and making it for them, had me recognize the regularity of the Jupiter retrogrades and what they kind of feel and look like. And then also just that in this whole 12-year cycle, we're seeing pretty regular reflection times on growth. As you know, um, I talk about uh, retrograde periods as it's all these RE words. And this is fairly common practice in, in modern astrology where we talk about reviewing and restructuring and revisioning. And it really does depend on the sign that something's retrograding in and the planet that's retrograding to kind of give it that flavor, that extra spice. But it's certainly like somewhat universal that the RE words are involved, right? Because a retrograde literally means that it's going to kind of go backwards and forwards. It's going to, um, you know, kind of windshield wiper over a certain few degrees in your chart and really ask you to look deeper, to look closer, to feel close, to feel into it more, right? Depending on, again, the element in which the sign is associated with, whether it's fire, earth, air, water, um, whether it has a mutable or cardinal or fixed quality to the sign, and then the planet itself having its own mission, right? Each of the planets have their own um, part of our lives that it, or part of ourselves, right? That it, that, that it kind of um, is, is associated with. And Jupiter has to do with our religious beliefs, our consciousness, our higher consciousness, our higher education, our inner guru really coming into maturity, as well as us recognizing that we're always students, right? So it's this exchange of information on a higher level, often cultural or global learning. And of course, during these times, we are at this huge um, explosion of information. It's the information age, right? We went through the industrial age and it's been transitioning for some time this last 40 years. The way that we get our information has exploded. And now we're, of course, dealing with the illusion of, um, you know, the storyteller, the narrative. And we're becoming very aware. Um, and this has happened probably in the last 20 years. We're very aware of the victors telling their story and that being the loudest voice. Right. So so noticing who's spinning the story, who's telling the story and what is their uh, truth. And oftentimes, of course, if you ask other pieces, other parts of the story, other people within that story who maybe were marginalized or, you know, suffered a kind of disenfranchisement through that process of colonization or monopolization or uh, industrialization, all of these things have added to one particular story becoming, you know, settling to the top. And so that becomes then this collective narrative. 
And we are, at, we are at a point now that we have access to information from so many different people that we have to question these narratives and we're being faced with what is truth when everybody's telling the truth, but the, you know, or the, their own story, right? And they're not lying, but the truth doesn't line up necessarily because everybody's perceptive, you know, quality of, of it, it is from their own perspective. They can't actually see another person's perspective unless they're doing so on purpose, which I think is the uh, mission of our time is to put ourselves into other's shoes so that we can actually see uh, the ways that life connects us and that the collective is growing stronger through those connective tissues. Um, and that's part of why I think it's important to listen to those who are impacted uh, rather than the people who go in and maybe tell the story. So different kinds of reporting, different kinds of investigative recording and journalism are necessary for us to get that story right. And the, you know, traditional mode of the outsider view and the story being told through that lens is kind of coming to, I think, an end. You know, there, there's not a lot of room for ignorance in an informational age that we're entering in. You can't actually say that you didn't know something when the person's voice, the dissenting voice is also available to you <laughs> without feeling, you know, without, without being kind of criticized, rightly so. So let's talk about what we're going to talk about and do some housekeeping. Um, I'm excited because I've found a new little rabbit hole brought to me by one of uh, my members in the lab, and I'm really excited to dig into this. I've been poring over this text for the last couple of weeks and just kind of checking into it. I haven't done, um, you know, a t like I ha there's a few things that I want to do that I have not done yet. But when I started looking at creating this podcast for the new moon in Sagittarius and talking about this kind of pivotal eclipse right before this conjunction, this great conjunction between Saturn and Jupiter at zero to one degrees Aquarius, I thought, what a perfect little snippet of time to kind of take a glance at this work. And so you have maybe heard of Sabian symbols. I had, but I hadn't really looked into them much. And this is, um, it's come into, you know, it's come into the lab a couple of times. People have mentioned the degrees we talk about or have talked about rather the, the sets of degrees within each sign, you know, each sign has 30 degrees from zero to 29 degrees. And each of those are sectioned off by a 10 degree, you know, so that there's basically three sets of 10 degrees in each sign. And they relate themselves to a sense of, um, you know, the beginning 10, 10 degrees are kind of this fool energy. It's beginning energy, beginner mind energy. It's newness. It's the divine. Yes. It's saying yes. 
and not really worrying about the details, right? It's just kind of embarking upon that journey. The second 10 degrees is really the testing phase, right? You're seeing what works, you're kind of making mistakes, you're failing, you're taking risks, and you're finding out, you're finding, you're getting results, right? You're just kind of testing the waters, figuring out um, how, how, how things work, how they don't work, you know, what kind of explodes. It's that experimentation phase. And then the last 10 degrees um, are, is really about mastery or a sense of, you know, maturity around that sign's function and expression. And so we look to that last 10 degrees as being kind of important because when you have planets in that last 10 degrees of a sign, this just shows in some ways and through, you know, evolutionary astrology particularly talks about this, but that there's a maturity or a, um, a sense that you've, been at this a while and in, in some, in some ways you could express it like you, you know, you've had many lives mastering this skill of, you know, expressing yourself in, in one way or another based on the sign and the planet, right? So there's a maturity there. There's a mastery there. There is a skilled craftsman like ability for you to zero in on what's needed and what's not. There may be less you know, you're less risk averse than you were in that testing phase and certainly more than you were in that, in that first, um, 10 degree phase where you're trying, you know, where you're just like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. You know? And so, whereas, whereas the last 10 degrees are, you know, maybe a little more, um, you're, you're agile in the way of moving because you know, what it takes, right? So you're going to say yes to less things because you know that it takes priority as soon as you say yes, you're making commitments, right? So there's a lot of ways that this expresses those, those kinds of degree qualities express themselves through the different signs. And certainly when planets are placed there, it gives it a different filter. Um, so this is kind of the the as deep as I had really gone into that degrees meaning things and um income these Sabian symbols that just felt really kind of extra and overwhelming and not necessary right and yet they're fascinating and I started to look at them and the Sabian symbols themselves are uh, were first created um oh my goodness I guess I should have done a little more note taking because I don't have in front of me who created the Sabian symbols. And those of you who maybe are really into it, um, let's see, Mark Edmund Jones, um, Dane Rudyard. So I know Dane Rudyard d did a lot of work with the Sabian symbols, um, in a book called, um, the astrology of personality and an astrological mandala. Um, but I was, so, and then Mark Edmund, uh, Jones, Sabian symbols in astrology and John Sandback's recent Chandra symbols. So this is all happening around the seventies and eighties, essentially. 
And beginning in 1988, Elias Lonsdale um, worked with his wife, Sarah, in tracking the Sabian symbol, the Cherubil symbol, the most useful, quote, the, the so-and-so so-called most useful of the other sets of degree symbology and the Chandra symbol. So, um, and then his wife died and he continued the work with one of their friends and, um, Theana. And so there's this whole bit of a book, this whole book really inside degrees. Um, and I want to purchase the book actually. Um, it's less than $15 and it's in print but it's called Inside Degrees by Elias, Elias, probably, Elias Lonsdale. And so I read the Sabian symbols and they felt very negative to me as well as perhaps masculine to a so shit, like a, almost a chauvinistic kind of, I mean, and I found some problems with some of the language with even these Chandra symbols now, Chandra is a goddess of the moon and um, has her own, you know, that word, um, that name has her own mythology, which is very beautiful. Um, so there's there's all sorts of things going on here. But I really wanted to share in this podcast the work of Elias Lonsdale because I really resonated with these Chandra symbols and the explanations that he gave of them. And I'm doing some work, um, on next year's moon cycles, um, with these Chandra symbols in mind, some work that's brand new, super like inspired, and I'm really excited to offer it, but it's still in the work. So it's kind of not, not ready, but it's getting there. So I really am excited to dig into all of this today with you and share some of Elias's work. The first thing though that I wanted to mention are just a few like other where am I at, what is happening, how can you work with me stuff. So one of the cool things that happened last week was, um, or no, it was two weeks ago, maybe. Um, one of my members in the lab, Corey Hawkins, who's an incredible plant lady and amazing astrologer in her own right as a, you know, a long student of it. And she is, has been doing the work in the lab and really using it for self-inquiry, this pandemic and, and has just been really, um, you know, teaching me a lot as well as, you know, reflecting upon how this work is landing. And I'm so grateful for her, but she came up with this idea. She knows Foxy, um, Jennifer Fox, of Foxy astrology. They go back way back to their, their, uh, their, their, their younger years. And, um, and so she had, um, suggested that we all get together and have a conversation about, you know, basically what's the fucking point of astrology and really offering a perspective from each of us and, and having that kind of be an interview that she would do with us and, uh, and all of us kind of talk about what we believed about astrology, how we thought that astrology worked and helped us to, you know, basically better our lives or evolve ourselves 
And it was such a great conversation. It was such a beautiful time to, you know, together. And we laughed and we had just a really great time. We ended up, I think, with two and a half hours of footage. And Corey painstakingly cut the fat and got these prime cuts out of it. And she is posting them as three, you know, little segments of talking through what is astrology good for you know and it's really lovely I highly recommend it she's got it on her YouTube channel I'll link in the show notes if you want to go check that out and I've also posted it a couple of times and I'm tagged in it um, on her Instagram it's just um, at Corey Hawkins so I'll put those links in the show notes so you can go and check out that interview Um, super fun and I really am excited to share that So one of the other things I wanted to make sure I mentioned is I have um, closed the bookings for the Jupiter year ahead spreads, right? Like I'm almost done with those. I have, I think, four left that I have on my, no, I think I have six left on my books for the next couple weeks before I take my winter solstice vacation. But I am, but I, so I closed those books a few weeks ago when they filled up and I Um, wanted to open up January and I decided to offer gift certificates. So on my website right now, under the witches marketplace, you can find a link that will lead you to my 2020 specials for the holiday season. And for one reading, you can, um, you'll get what you'll do is you'll you'll purchase the reading online on my website and then you'll receive via email a um, gift certificate image and you can buy one you can buy two or you can buy a pack of three and they get progressively cheaper the more you buy them I figured it would be great to gift to friends if you have friends who are kind of like whatever about astrology or are super into it even, which is funner for me to be honest. Sometimes it depends. I mean, it depends. Sometimes I love to wow people with how it actually works because I can basically look at somebody's chart that I've never met and tell them about themselves, which always kind of, you know, both delights them and creeps them out maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, it That's how it is for me. It delights me. It creeps me out. It's, I always am flabbergasted of how well it works. I had a recent client come back and tell me something about the Jupiter year ahead reading that I did for them last year. And I was like, and, and she, you know, kind of listed a couple of things that I had said and then like very specific things that I had said that were kind of bold. You know, sometimes I get to a part of a chart and I'm like, this could happen you could, this could, this could be the time that this happens. Just saying, like putting it out there. Um, it's there for you to grab. And she had, you know, basically been like, and it fucking happened. And I was like, yeah, it's just, those are the kinds of things where it's, I mean, I, you just, I always say, it's like, you can't make this stuff up. Like I read it from that chart, the moon placements, the, the planetary transits, where they're moving through your house system. And like the timing is very often, um, you know, it takes care of itself. It's, 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 um, it never ceases to amaze me, but at any rate, I have opened up, um, my books for January 
And I wanted to just kind of, you know, book some stuff so that during the first part of the year, I can focus on my community and working with um, the lab and working with some design work and stuff so that I am doing those readings rather than promoting, right? So I probably won't promote readings again until probably around Valentine's Day. I usually do a lover's reading of some kind. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. I, I, I have a reading called, um, uh, self-righteous, uh, self, um, oh no, righteous self-love. I think is what it is. Yes. Radical self-love, righteous. Yeah. It's a radical union, which is a synergy reading and then radical, um, righteous self-love. Um, so both of those readings will probably be in February. If that's something you're looking forward to or want to, want to think about both of those readings are larger readings and therefore more expensive, but these mini readings that I'm doing have two cards. I'm doing the archetypes deck from Kim Kranz, one card of, you know, one card from that Oracle deck, and then one card from the healing herbal, um, deck and by Sarah Baldwin and, oh my goodness. Uh, gosh, I always forget the second woman's name because, um, it's second and I apologize. So at any rate, I will use those two cards to do a mini Jupiter reading. What I'll do is look at the house where Jupiter will be in for your year in 2021 and pull two cards and basically a 20 minute, 15 to 20 minute audio reading along with a tarot altar picture that will inspire you and help you to understand where it is you're being asked to grow by the universe this year, because this is what Jupiter's um, aim is, is for you to grow, for you to expand your consciousness. And so these mini readings are a little more accessible than the, you know, expensive year ahead spread that I had done. And by the way, those are really big readings. And I think I'll probably end up upping the price again next year because they are just they're two hours long. It's really extensive stuff. You get a whole book of like the transits for 2021 and all sorts of stuff. So I'm really excited to offer these mini readings because they're much more accessible to everyone. For one, it's $55. For two, it's $99. And for three, it's $155. So if you want to do um, some gift giving um, and support my work as well as your friends to uh, keep growing and loving themselves. I think it's the perfect witchy gift. Um, so yeah, reach out Jennifer at paintagoddess.com. If you have any questions or just go to paintagoddess.com and click on the witches marketplace and you might check out my friends who have beautiful products that are available for holiday gift giving as well. All of them being local and amazing, um, home, you know, based businesses. Um, I think not all of them are local. I believe that the Evergrove is East coast, but we've been creating, um, definitely bridges. <laughs> so, um, I hope that you'll go and check that out. And, you know, I just want you to, uh, consider spending your money with people who are supporting themselves and their families this year. It's certainly, another year to double down on that effort the best we can, um, to support 
real people. And, um, let's see, is there anything else? Oh, you know, here's, here's another thought. And, um, if you have, um, thoughts about this, I'd love to hear from you. So here's my request. Have you been interested in the Astrologic Lab, but $37 a month is not accessible for you? And have you been interested in the lab, but it feels like much more work than you can prioritize right now? Or even, and I hesitate from this because I would, I, you know, all the things, but are you in the lab and not taking full advantage of it and would love to have a lower tier of involvement? So I'm considering tearing out a few of the offerings within the lab. Anyone who's in the lab right now will never pay more than they do, but I'm considering having um, a lower, a couple of lower offerings so that it's maybe more accessible for those of you who want some of this work, but not all of this work and are interested, for instance, in the moon cycle work and in having the ability to get class passes. So what I'm thinking right now is that there would be a lower tier where you would get the um, lunar map for the month as well as the um, astrology lab, you know, symbol work which is just for each sign. So you can practice that. So it's kind of like a book let of, of that work and maybe some other pieces, um, because I am starting to flesh out more of a lunar path for those who really just want to work with the moon cycles, um, instead of learn all of astrology, um, because it's a huge, um, influence on my life. And, and as you may or may not know, I've been hosting new moon circles as part of the wild woman project for over four years every month. And I really enjoy using the moon as a tuning fork for my life, basically. So I'm curious if you are listening to this podcast and have considered joining the lab, but again, $37 feels like a lot. Um, I'm looking for ways for others to get involved in this work and to do this work because I think it's been super powerful for those who've had the access to it. And there are, it's not all or nothing. And I had created the lab as kind of a all in situation, but I'm, I know, and I feel, and I hear you when I've had some people reach out and say it's a little too much, or, you know, I don't have time to do all of that work, but I would like part of it. Right. So there's that. So let me know what you think. If that's something that you're like, oh my God, I would totally hop on that. Please let me know. I think I'm going to be doing that anyways as the new year comes. But now is your chance to let me know what it is you're looking for and what interests you about that work in the lab. So also one other thing that I have a request about is letting me know what if you like this podcast. So if you've benefited from this podcast, please 
do me the honor of um, rating and subscribing and reviewing on iTunes. It helps the algorithm uh, monsters to get uh, this podcast into the hands of other witchy beings like yourself who would enjoy this work and spread the word um, as well. So, and if you um, listen to me on Spotify, they did a uh, wrap up for 2020. And if you listened to my podcast quite a bit, I'll be in your top five or your top 10 podcasts. And you can share that on social media and let people know about my uh, quirky little sweary podcast about the moon and the stars and all things witchy and, and cosmic. And that would be lovely. And I would be so grateful. So um, thank you. Thank you for being here. We're closing out this year with a bang. And on the other side of this, I will talk to you all about these Chandra symbols and how we're going to get through this new moon uh, eclipse in Sagittarius with the kind of inspiration that we need for these times. All right, come on back. Okay, so here's the deal, witches. I have been down this rabbit hole. Uh, well, not just one. Let's be fair. But I've been looking into these Sabian symbols, the Chandra symbols. And what I found is that there's a few different versions. I don't think I've seen all the versions. Um... What I found so far is that they've been generally made by men, which, as you know, as a feminist, I'm always looking for the feminine perspective to be at the table. So I'm curious if that exists, and I will be looking for it. This version um, by Elias uh, Lonsdale seems to be co-written by his wife and his wife's friends, who are female, so I don't know if that was just the common practice. This book was um, was written um, let's see um, in the, in the mid 80s. So you know, definitely <laughs> you only have to watch like a few 80s movies to be like, Oh, yeah, like, rape culture was fucking huge in the 80s, and we didn't have our rights. <laughs> um, so if you're, yeah, if you're in an illusion at all that the 80s were like, women were in power, I mean, let's remember that Madonna had to completely face being called a whore and... Every single day for wearing what she wanted to wear and for saying what she wanted to say and for fucking who she wanted to fuck and, you know, yeah, so. And, and, and that's just the, that's like, you know, just the, the visuals, you know, um, life of a celebrity as an example. 
So anyways, um, yes, you hear me shuffling. I have fucking notes, you guys. I have notes. So here's the thing. The Newman Eclipse is happening um, on the 14th, which is Monday, um, at 23 degrees of Sagittarius. And so each new and full moon happen for you in a particular house of your natal chart. This is how, you know, working with transiting planets and planetary bodies like the moon luminaries work. When a transiting planet is activating your natal chart, it doesn't necessarily just have to be because it's conjunct a natal placement. Say you happen to have a a planet at 23 degrees of Sagittarius, that's going to activate that planet for you, that planetary wisdom, that planetary, uh, you know, flavor, that what, right? The planets are what in our chart. So what do they um, represent, right? The sun, our vital force and our, and our, you know, self, expression, uh, Mercury, the mind, Venus, our values, um, and how we like to be loved. The moon is our emotional needs, essentially, um, you know, Mars is our power, Saturn's our sense of constraint or restriction, containers, time management, um, these are very, you know, kind of generalistic things. Of course, there's tons of rabbit holes around that. But when you have a transiting, um, the transiting means that it's alive, right? The planets are moving right now. They're in a sign. They're at a degree right now. And they're all sitting somewhere in your chart. And there's apps like Astrofuture um, that make it really visual and beautiful and they do also offer, you know, short descriptions of what is going on with the transiting planets and your natal planets, how they're being activated. So if you're interested in learning more on a day-to-day basis and kind of checking in with that stuff, that's a great app. Um, when you, <clears throat> excuse me, when you start to learn to orient um, energies together, um, and kind of fuse the metaphors, right? You can start to feel into what um, a new moon, which is when the sun and the moon are conjunct. The current sun and moon are at the same degree in the same sign. That's what a new moon is. We can't see the moon in the sky because the sun is not, its light isn't reflecting off the moon. The moon is, um, you know, facing us and the sun is kind of, um, with it, right? So it's not, it's, it's actually illuminating the backside of it. We never see the, the backside of the moon. Um, we only see one side of the moon, by the way, look it up. But, um, so each and full moon, each new and full moon happened for you in a particular house. And when I do moon readings for people, moon cycle readings, what I'm looking for is what house is it in for you? 
because it's in the same sign for everyone, right? This new moon is in Sagittarius. It's in Sagittarius for everyone. But in your chart, you'll have a certain degree. So I'll just kind of say that in case you're newer here and that you're, you're not familiar exactly with how these transits are used in conjunction with your natal chart. Um, if you don't have your natal chart or if you don't have your birth time, if it's unknown, you might decide to get the best guess you can from relatives or people that you know. Um, find an aligned time. I've had clients pick 1111 because they knew they were born, um, you know, before noon, but after 10 and they just liked that number and they were like, you know what, I'm going to pick 1111. It feels really good. And then of course that will set your house structure in a natal chart. Now, I highly recommend if you do that to really feel into and get to know that rising sign. The rising sign is one of the bigger pieces of your chart that will be dictated by your, um, uh, by your birth time. And you might ask other people because your ascendant, your rising sign is really how other people see you. It's how you meet the world. It's your mask to the world. So you may not be so conscious of how others see you. Um, and you might think you come off as a certain way, but you really don't. You come off a little bit differently. So that might be an interesting thing to, to kind of move through. But for all intents and purposes, when we work with astrology and we work with cycles, cycles repeat themselves and we're constantly, it's like, it's like jumping double Dutch, you know, if you miss one pass, there's another one coming. And so you can engage in that flow anytime you wait, you wait, you wait, you wait, you go. Right. And so when, when we're, when we're kind of cycling with the moon or cycling with any planets, it does, it's not about perfection and it's not about, it's, like jumping double dutch it's like feeling it oh i'm feeling it i'm feeling it feeling it done right okay next time maybe for a little bit longer and i think one of the things that gets people kind of discouraged is that that they feel behind but the beauty about cycles and i really want you to hear this the beauty about cycles is that they go on forever they're not ending they shift you know, like a kaleidoscope, um, you know, it turns and it has a different kind of fractal or perspective, but it does not end. So you can always catch the train. You can always jump that double dutch, right? You can always ca catch that, that way in. And when you do and engage in the flow, it may not last forever. That's what ends is your engagement. So you might pop in and out of that engagement based on your ability to pay attention, your priorities at the time, and also with your, um, you know, your energy levels. You really do want to, to uh, pay attention to your energy levels. Sometimes being hyper vigilant around even something as what I think is fun and exciting but you know if it's your jam if if astrology is your jam but you're like I get burnt out and I can't pay attention to it anymore cool take a break it's cool it's all right 
Every day does not have to be about where the moon and the sun and the Saturn, all the things. and not. It doesn't have to always be about that. It's interesting, I think, in fact, to ignore that for a few days and then go and look where something was and say, oh, okay. Now I, now I might have a little perspective. And in fact, looking at years past, <clears throat> and right now in the lab we're looking at Jupiter, right? So we're looking at 12 years past, a 12-year cycle. It's a long time for a lot of shit to happen. And when you start placing those things within that, that, the, that house structure of your chart, it, it can be quite interesting. And that kind of exercise doesn't have to take long, right? So mine took, it took me like, it was like, um, I don't know, like a half an hour where I placed my last 12 years into the cycle. And then I decided to go a little bit further because my, I'm in a Jupiter opposition right now. So I went, um, six years earlier than that and was like, Oh, <laughs> it's so interesting. What happened at the beginning of my last Jupiter cycle and my last opposition? And it's just, I mean, it's, it's crazy, you guys. And it's not because this is how the stuff works. It's insane. So, um, so if you don't know your birth time, you might decide on it. Best guess you can in order to have something to work with, right? I think one of the beauty, th beautiful things about astrology is you can work really with any chart and learn something. You could literally, if you, if you have no idea even the day you were born, you could take one of your favorite people on the planet, maybe a writer, an author, right? Um, uh, an actor, you know, someone, <clears throat> someone with some kind of notoriety, because their chart is going to be online. You can look up their chart and then just use their chart. L like live through their eyes. Maybe, you know, maybe even do that if you do know you're, you know, if you're like seriously in a rabbit hole. It'd be so interesting to map someone. If you're a historian, you could map somebody's life. From beginning to end, if they're passed away, based on astrology and looking at, wow, this is when that happened. This is when that happened. And it is fascinating. And it will teach you how these planets are cycling. So I think that that's all useful. Um, I believe astrology charts, you know, even if they aren't um, yours, are useful tools for evolution. So, of course, if anything in life feels unaligned, discard it. <laughs> cut it out you know so it's just like this is too hard and it feels stupid and it's not really working for me then let it go maybe you'll come back to it maybe you won't but the symbols for each degree is what I'm getting to the symbols for each degree of the zodiac there's 360 of them right it's a full circle it is channeled information okay so I want to kind of give that caveat some of you might be um, familiar with channeled information um, some of you may not. Channeled information is generally someone who goes into an intuitive uh, meditative state and will have visions of some sort and will record those visions and associate them with something, right? So they're, 
they're channeling information you might have heard of um you know simon or michael or um even probably the most common modern is um uh abraham hicks right so that is abraham being channeled by hicks so there's a channeled information kind of thing going on there but so given time and inclination you know astrology just encourages students to learn um you know so again if 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 it feels on the line discard it so the symbols for each of these degrees in zodiacs is channeled information or imagined into and intuitive so astrology advocates for students or researchers, learners, rabbit hole researchers of astrology to update, shift, and create all new symbolic meaning, right? To make it actually relevant for modern people. Astrology has, you know, shed many skins, right? Gone into many cocoons and been rebirthed. At one point, um, you know, we had some different rulers for the signs. And while you can still look at those traditional rulers versus the modern rulers, we also can even imagine newer rulers, right? There's some emerging stuff where, um, you know, the goddess asteroids may be placed as rulers. Um, and there's other things that are, you know, kind of coming into the realm. And that, my friends... Right. So it becomes more aligned and relevant for now. And that, my friend, is this how you know you're part of a community and not a cult. OK, I said what I said. That's how, you know, just in case you're in a cult. Um, this is how, you know, is that if 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 the cult itself, <laughs> the community encourages you to rewrite the rules, to engage in um, critical discourse and shift it up. If you wanted to, if you wanted to dedicate your next, however long to making 360 new degree symbols and put that work out there, the astrological community based on probably some of your credentials, perhaps would, I would assume accept it. There'd be some people who would love that imagery I have considered it. <laughs> so there's that. All right. So now just on to, I printed um, the words of Elias Lonsdale from Inside Degrees. The book is called Inside Degrees. Um, the subtitle, Developing Your Soul Biography by Using the Chandra Symbols. Okay. And I don't know if it's Chandra or Chandra, um, but it does mean moon. Um, so at the beginning of his book, he has a long introduction of his kind of backstory. And I really wanted to share that because I think it's fascinating. Number one, just to kind of get the understanding of who is doing this work, who made this work and what the story is of how it came to be. So let's go. Um, and this is in his voice, right? This is his introduction by Elias Lonsdale. I started out astrology with an enthusiasm born of a radical communal experience the previous year, which left me so stripped bare 
that I was ready for my destiny to strike. The year was 1970, the collective atmosphere supercharged with significance and power. It was appropriate to encounter astrology in another radical commune to go and to go into it full force right away, as though I had just been waiting for it forever. Within months, I was staying at a more conventional commune in California and reading Dane Rudyard's pivotal book, The Astrology of Personality. A chapter where there takes the Sabian symbols for each degree of the zodiac and interprets these aphoristically. When I came upon this section, I felt it to be the whole set, the center of a whole star pattern. From that day to this, investigation and research into the degrees has been my primary focus throughout a wide-ranging star work. Soon after that, I encountered the only good book on the market to take the degrees further into depth and detail. This was Mark Edmund Jones's Sabian Symbols in Astrology. Here, I pro- uh, here the project began to really get interesting. Jones was attempting to decode the degrees in a highly systemic, systematic and esoterically guided fashion. He was using the original version of the Sabian Symbols that had come through in the 1920s, the brief and bare vision, but was interpreting these extensively and intensively. That book became my reference point for every reading over years to come. Right, so you can use, side note, my side note, so you can use Sabian symbols to read somebody's chart, right, if you're not familiar. I was blessed with, um, I was blessed by destiny uh, soon thereafter to find the original lecture series in symbolical astrology that Jones had done in the early 1930s from which Ruddier had drawn his revised degree interpretations. These were a gold mine. Not only did each and every degree have a brief interpretation by Jones that was far more accurate than either Ruddier's version or Jones's version, later his later one, but the whole way he worked in the early days was for a small group of trained souls in the Sabian assembly. And so Jones, as esotericist, could divulge far more in every word than he was to do later in his public books. My own inward nature was far better served in this fashion, for I could begin to read the degrees for myself from an expanded awareness. Still within those um, halcyon days of the early 1970s, I was shown Dane Ruddier's new book on the degrees, An Astrological Mandala, before its publication, and even tried to write a book review of it. This was an even more curious production than Jones's Sabian symbol work. In both instances, these highly experienced and quite wise and mature souls were baffled by the degrees of the zodiac, unable to get comfortable and to find a flow of inspiration and attunement. After reading 20 or 30 books by, a, by each man, and looking into their degree interpretation, I was surprised to discover that the intellect blocks the imagination. (laughs) Let me just read that again. He was surprised to discover that the intellect blocks the imagination. I'm, I'm, no words, okay. 
because I also found this same dilemma in subsequent encounters with those trying to interpret the degrees, I was made keenly aware over and over again that I would have to retain my own imaginative depths of seeing if I ever wished to give the degrees their rightful internal sounding. Ten years passed before I found anybody writing in a major way about the degrees of the zodiac. During these years, I dove further and deeper all the time into the Sabian symbols and their meanings, in a chart, in a cycle, for divination, or just as themselves. And although I found a psychic, Chris Newman, to interpret the Sabian symbols in an intriguing fashion, I was somewhat baffled by the degrees. Something was blocking free interpretation. I never stopped battling, but I could not get in. Finally, at the end of my cycle of knocking on a door and being refused entry, Eric Schroeder came out with a degree interpretation keyed to the Sabian symbols, but also encompassing two earlier versions of degree symbology. His book, Zodiac, was extremely stimulating to me. Jones had mentioned him prominently in Sabian symbols, and now here he was, the man who had obsessed upon the degrees, trying to interpret them perfectly. Um, because I was in, because I was in the early uh, 1980s at my low at po lowest point of this lifetime, the most asleep I have ever been, and therefore the most negative, I hardly noticed at the time that Schroeder's, Schroeder was darkly discouraging and depressive his entire, uh, in his entire outlook. So I went down even further with the degrees, seeking the bottom of the way of the things way down under. The Sabian symbols never would have gotten me there to the center of the mystery. In retrospect, it is clear that their quality is to suggest, to imply, to elusively bring such a slight clue. Other versions of interpretations of these symbols have come into my hands since Schroeder's did in the early 1980s. And they are consistently in that mode of giving a taste, but nothing fundamentally nourishing. In late 1984, I found the book Degree Analysis Part 2, Chandra Symbols in the Horoscope by John Sandbeck, Seekit Publications. This was my long-anticipated breakthrough. Sandbach, Sandbach S-A-N-D-B-A-C-H, so Sandbach probably. Sandbach had been guided the year before to tune into each degree and was shown an image to be called the Chandra symbols. In complete contrast to the Sabian symbols, these are concrete, magically imbued with a quality of imaginative wholeness. Sandbach himself gives a brief description of these symbols, but he makes the same mistake as those who searched into the Sabian symbols, he sticks with a rigid, rigid intellectual orientation. By 1986, I was ready to enter the realm excuse me, of degree interpretation in a living way with a full imaginative power retained and sought vigorously. My wife, Sarah, read an image to me and I interpreted it within the context of attunement to a guiding light, a power of seeing beyond the personal intellect together. Altogether, uh, this first serious attempt, which we called the Chandra channelings, was successful in staying close to the images and truly bringing them back to life. In that same time frame, I was able 
I was at last able to tune in with beings of light in order to receive personal and universal meditation and assistance. My entire world of inner and outer work was blasting free dramatically. After teaching classes in these Chandra symbols and becoming more and more fluent with them, an opportunity came to me that was hugely transformative. In 1988, the beginnings we had been working with suggested that we could tune into them much more fully and attempt a truly comprehensive cosmic renewal of the zodiac through the degrees. We would track with the Sabian symbols, the Churubal symbol, which we considered to be the most useful um, of the other sets of degree symbology. So that's a different one. So there's Sabian symbol, um, Churubal, which is C-H-A-R-U-B-E-L symbol. And then the Chandra symbol, which is what he um, is talking, excuse me, talking about here. And then a summarizing paragraph to bring the whole degree together. This time we would work slowly, thoroughly with precision, with precision and detail. Each week for a year and a half, we tuned into a few degrees and lived the interpretation as our lifeblood. It, I would hear it, feel it, speak it slowly, and Sarah would write it all down. This was our labor of love together. When in the summer of 1989, this comprehensive cosmic vision, version of degree interpretation was complete, I felt that it was definitive and that it, at last I had done what I had set out to do. Each degree was right there before us in an inspiring vista, profound and stirring to the spirit within. However, as it turned out since, this was really only the beginning. We wrote book after book the same way in 1990, 91, and 92, all on astrology and spiritually, all spiritually attuned and wondrous to participate in co-creating. And then something happened, which I cannot accurately reduce to words. My wife, Sarah, had cancer, tumors spreading, and all, and was all and was as all, well in a spiritual crisis of even greater proportions than her health crisis. Our entire effort concentrated on attempting to pull her through. By late 1993, the health crisis had become terminal and deadly. In, and in perfect synchronicity, Sarah's spiritual crisis came to its peak power. When Sarah, under severe pressures, worked through her spiritual crisis and came out the other side, her physical body could not go with her. It was too ravaged by the tumors. When her body died, her spirit flew free and started a path of work with me and with our perfect companion, Alita, uh, that will be going on for a very long time to come in an ever-unfolding path of dying and reborning. The three of us have gotten together for many kinds of inner work from early 1994 onward. As soon as we are, were ready, we collaborated on tuning in to the Chandra symbols afresh and writing the version you now have in your hands. This is, what, this is the breakthrough that made this version so utterly different from all the previous ones. I would tune in to Sarah, who is now Theana, and she and I, in spirit realms, would combine forces completely to pierce through the veil to find the angel behind each degree and let her show us the essence of what is there, of what needs to be known. I would speak it aloud to Alita. She would responsibly write it down so that we could live 
these degrees fully. This ultimate version is one from death infused with rebirth, and each word shows its, this power. Throughout the time I've been so engrossed in investigating, research, researching, plumbing the core meaning of the zodiac degrees, I have been a full-time astrological counselor, teacher, and explorer. For those unfamiliar with that degree interpretation, with what degree interpretation can do in the many astrological applications, here are a few ex of the experiences I have had over the years. The basic application is in a birth chart reading. A mental habit greatly obstructs the work of most astrologers. It's true. They think they already know what a given sign of the zodiac, let us say, really means, how far it extends, where its parameters are. Then they apply this pre-existing idea any time that the sign shows up in a chart. What I have consistently and persistently found is that a sign is a vast land full of unknowns, not to be mentally tamed. I use the Chandra symbols and their interpretations to individualize and fine-tune the reading to drop in, drop it down out of astrological abstractions and cliches and into an, an imaginative journey, a shamanic initiation into which each one of us is called through the position of the sun in our birth charts or the moon or any planet or the angles or whatever we need to focus on. Each time I follow the degree to work upon me, to show me how it is working through a given lifetime, a certain destiny of a particular individual, and I make sure to be wide open, to be free of preconceptions, I tap the direct energies of the degree to assist me in staying very focused and grounded and specifically and specific in all of my perceptions. <clears throat> he goes on a bit. This is one of the things that I have been just contemplating. I'm not a Sabian symbol, Chandra symbol reading astrologer. I never have been. I have a feeling I'm on the precipice of something where it will change how I orient myself to each of these signs forever. And the thing that he said here where he talks about each sign being a vast land. This is something that I think as astrologers we feel. We feel that there's this depth and breadth to each symbol, even though we've kind of, um, you know, boiled it down to these digestible chunks. And when we come upon something as punctuating as a full moon eclipse in Sagittarius, right, or a, sorry, a new moon eclipse, which is really a solar eclipse, okay? A new moon eclipse in Sagittarius at 23 degrees of Sagittarius. Like six days, five days before a perfection conjunction between Saturn and Jupiter at zero degrees of Aquarius after 6,000 years of this happening at this magnitude. You know, to me, this feels like supercharged. It's different, right? It's not just your run of the mill. This is not our run of the mill eclipse season. It has been, we have been worked. 
we've been worked this year. And when you look back, you'll notice we've been being worked for quite some time, but particularly since the year 2000. And on another level since um, 2009, when Jupiter last moved into Aquarius. So there's definitely a kind of, um, you know, depth and breadth to all of this that is perhaps untapped by this modern version of these digestible tidbits that astrology has been reduced to. And, you know, just to, you know, when we talked, uh, when I talked to Corey and the Fox about this, you know, the Fox brought up, she was like, you know, learning astrology takes research. It takes a lot of attention and it takes time. And it's true. You know, I've been studying astrology for over 32 years. It's crazy to think about it. But I was something like nine when I, you know, somewhere in my ninth year of life. When I began to read about astrology, my own sign, like starting with myself, right? Didn't even know what my natal chart looked like particularly because all I had was, you know, graphs in the back, you know, um, um, ephemerises in the back of old books. But it's incredible to consider how far everything has come and yet in order for astrology to be consumable, it does have to be boiled down for most people. And my attempt to teach it has been to really, um, you know, zoom in and then zoom out and then zoom in. And I notice some of my students getting dizzy. I notice some of my students getting really lit up by it. So it's just... Um, you know, such a personal, um, you know, kind of investigation and research, but it's nothing short of a lifetime of that kind of work. And again, nothing is perfect. Everything is useful in some way when you're, when you're, when you're diving in and it's like double Dutch, that cycle's always starting again. There's always an opportunity it's never too late to continue the work and you don't have to start at the quote beginning. There is no beginning. There is no end. <laughs> um, so what I wanted to share today was the Chandra symbols as Elias puts forward. Um, Elias, is, Elias and Theana uh, put forward and I wanted to do the Scorpio new moon, which we had on, um, November 14th. Seems so long ago, doesn't it? Uh, uh, November 14th, 2020. And then our full moon in Gemini, the full moon eclipse that happened on the 30th of November. And then I wanted to read the, you know, the degree of the Sagittarius new moon eclipse 
And then I wanted to read the degree of the Cancer full moon that will happen on the 29th of December. So that's what I'm going to read to you to close out this. And then I highly recommend that you go to your journal and take, take a thought, take a moment, or do a little, you know, close your eyes for this too. So I'm going to take a little um, pause and, and come back. This is the Chandra symbol for 23 degrees of Scorpio, illuminated by the new moon in Scorpio on November 14th, 2020. This is the energy reading from Inside Degrees by Elias Londo. Cocoa bushes growing wild in the Andes Mountains. The proliferation of worlds. Discovery that there is more, far more. The burden of knowing too much, too soon, and the desperation to escape from your destiny into any one of so many worlds, an overwhelming need to deny what lives within, a well-practiced art of self-evasion, intricate and advanced, yet the pursuer, the destiny being, is relentless and unimpressed with excuses. When tracked down and faced with everything you most fear, there begins a different journey to the heart of existence. This is the Chandra symbol from Inside Degrees by Elias Londell for 8 degrees of Gemini. This was the full moon on November 30th, 2020. Wildflowers growing around the ruins of a temple, catching a second wind, taking a booster rocket from one cycle to another, one lifetime to another one whole stage in evolution to another, shot out of the cannon to discover the next great thing. You are wildly attentive to signs and portents, looking for a way to the future, coming out of immense soul experience, with flying colors leaping forth into the new, enthusiastic, naive and impressionable, eager for a thousand universes to come true, you feel that ultimate springtime quality of fresh immediacy and wind-blown alacrity, just sensing all through the body and soul the possibilities, the openings, what wants to happen next. A destiny bearer, universal in spirit, and in the right place at the right time for remarkable synchronicities and huge turnarounds. This is the Chandra symbol for 23 degrees of Sagittarius. 23 degrees of Sagittarius is where we find this new moon eclipse on December 14th, 2020. 
a statue of Isis covered by a transparent veil. The one who lives inside is awash in colors, tones, and symbolic ritual displays of an extraordinarily precise attunement to the heart and soul of ancient wisdom. You are suspended in a long ago time. So much of your being is still back there. The evolution of the world since the ancient times is neither acknowledged nor accommodated in any way. It all depends upon whether this exquisite gift of soul remembrance is honored or exploited. If it is exploited, which is so very tempting, the life empties out of meaning and value becomes false and repulsive. If it is honored, the expanded faculties on tap become revitalized and find a fresh relevance. As the Divine Feminine reveals what we need to know now and draws us to our utmost capacity, it is with an unfalling grace of sensing directly into the deepest parts of people and they can all become in the ancient future just ahead. This is the Chandra symbol for eight degrees of Cancer, where we will find the full moon in Cancer on December 29th, the year of 2020. A skeleton playing a flute. Death is a haunting accompanist to the tender side of life. The spine tingling touch of death close at hand renders poignant and accentuates what is vital in the world of the living. It takes courage to dance with death. Fear is natural under the circumstances. You have to play your fear and turn it into the music of courage. Wandering along the threshold between the living and the dead, belonging to neither world, yet integrally part of both, intimately familiar with every side of existence, one who passes as a stranger, unknown and unknowable, solitude is your element. The contemplation of the mysteries become as natural as breath, as ingrained as holding steady in the violent windstream of life in the earth. Lyrical, melancholy, and dissociated from familiar comforting things. A mist or haze wraps you about, creating an aura of the uncanny, and it is there you feel at home and nowhere else. I truly hope you've enjoyed those imageries. I find them very interesting. I don't know if when they created these, it doesn't seem by their story that they 
really truly understood that these were the degrees where we would find that great conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter kind of working up towards this is this eclipse season right these moon cycles and these full moons and new moons happening at these degrees are what surrounds that energy and I'm excited to look forward into 2021 and use these Chandra symbols to deepen my work with the lunar cycles. Now, all of these degrees, um, and we've been cycling with the, the degrees, 23 degrees of a sign and eight degrees of a sign for some time. If you look back to the last few moon, moon, <laughs> moon cycles of 2020, you're going to find 23 degrees and eight degrees highly represented. And we don't shift out of that until February or March of next year. So, and it slowly shifts, right? It's like 24 degrees and then in nine degrees. So we're looking at this 23 degrees of, and this eight degrees of a sign where we're going to find those new moons and full moons, the new moons being 23 degrees. Um, so it's really, really interesting to me. Um, these, these images, um, especially the Sagittarius at 23 degrees being such a like punctuating and intense kind of talking of evolution and of ancient ways and, and this, this, um, you know, exquisite gift of soul remembrance and whether it can be honored or exploited. These are like questions of our time. Are we, are we decolonizing the way that we live with the land and each other? Are we finding new ways to share power and freedom? Are we dismantling the constrictive and exploitive systems of racism, you know, misogyny, elitism? you know, white supremacy completely. I, I am really, really in love with some of these imagery. I will say that I came to the same kinds of conclusions what, that Elias did when looking at the Sabian symbols. Some of these symbols were very depressive or felt very negative. Now, that's not to say that they are not useful. And in fact, I've been looking at them as well. But when we look at shamanic practice, the practice of kind of journeying within your mind, going to an other world, that veil that can be, you know, permeated, and we can kind of touch the other side of our consciousness, our divine connection. We are in that time more often now than we were when these were being written. Channeled information was definitely, um, you know, hoo-ha then. I would say that many people still see it as hoo-ha now, but when you are practicing um, a connection to deep wisdom, um, we find that it lives within us, you know? And I'll say it again. I've said it before on this podcast, a witch that I did some work with up in Seattle. I, I went to one of her workshops and or their workshops rather, and they were 
asking, what if your meditations, your visualizations, that guided visualization, your imagination was the point, you know, like when you do your meditations and you think, oh, I'm just making all of this up. It's not working. What if that literally is the point? And that when you decide to make up this crystal cave that you walk through in order to get to the river, to ride a crocodile across in order to find a trash heap under which an elephant painted gold lives, <laughs> right? That's, so, I've been there. I just took you there. Did, could you go there? In your crystal cave and your river and your crocodile and your trash heap and your elephant may look different. Or maybe you don't really have access to those kinds of visions and you've got something else that comes alive for you. These imaginary places in our mind are conjured by our divine providence. We are the makers of this space. And so I encourage you to let yourself kind of freely, you know, uh, journey to freely explore that depth of imagery within your mind through meditation and to be inspired by these different symbols. I'm creating, and this may be a little preemptive because it's just in its like initiated moon muse phase but I'm creating moon names for 2021 and I'll be creating an entire book, uh, workbook, uh, that will be available and for you to create a relationship lunar cycle by lunar cycle, month by month with these Chandra symbols, inspiring um, as well as my interpretations kind of of that essence. And uh, my intention is to create some um, lunar alignment through that work. We'll see how it comes through exactly. It's not finished by any means and, and it's kind of um, coming through me. <laughs> so um, if, if that interests you, I'd love to hear that it does um it will help me get it done in time to release it for the new year we have coming we have just a few more weeks in this um 2020 year and while you may be looking back now at at what what goals you had and what thoughts you had about you know, 2020 being your year. Reclaim that. How was this your year? What was this your year to discover? What was this your year to uncover about your true nature, your healing journey? Some of us, many of us, found that we had a lot of demons still sitting with us. And that it wasn't necessarily possible to exercise them, right? Instead, it's more that we needed to make sure they had a safe place to sit 
so that they didn't get so crazy. <laughs> I hope that you will have a beautiful new moon eclipse and I'll see you next week. Bless Hey, thanks for listening. It means so much for me to have this voice and for you to be on the other end. If you've never reached out, I hope that you will and let me know how this landed. If you're interested in learning more, go to paintedgoddess.com slash learn dash astrology and sign up for the lab. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Don't forget, you are powerful as fuck.